Okay, and we are back with Hostels in Hawaii. I'm your host, Zoe Cashin, and today I have two very special guests. Introduce yourselves. I'm Denise Mortimer, a.k.a. Zoe's aunt. I'm Jesse Buff, Jesse's Zoe's <laughs> uncle. <laughs> I have my aunt and uncle here, and I'm so excited to talk to them today because if you've listened um, back about a year ago, I did my parents' love story on here, and then I did my grandparents' love story. And so I reached out to Denise and Jesse, and I was like, I really want to tell your guys' love story on the podcast because I don't know as much about it. I was asking um, my mom about it over Christmas because we were talking about my other aunt and uncle's love story, and they have known, like, my other aunt and uncle, like, met when they were in middle school, and it's a whole story. And I was like, wait, I want to know about Denise and Jesse because obviously I've known you guys my entire life, and I've never truly heard the full story and I feel like that's really important to like get to know people is like to know how they met and like how they fell in love with their life partner and I just think it's super sweet and I want to hear all about it so guys you want to take it away where do we want to start with this do you want me to start sure okay do you want me to hold it yeah if you want okay to. um so the the shortest story most boring podcast would be that we met in grad school Right? <laughs> School of Natural Resources so, and Environment at the University of Michigan. Go blue. Yep. In 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, but should we tell the long version? Yeah, we can <laughs> So um, the long version is um, Jesse was a year ahead of me at, at Michigan. So he was already at the school um, in, as a first year when I was a prospective student. So, you know, I got into Michigan. I was trying to decide if I wanted to go there or, um, or to a different school. And so, um, I flew out there and, um, and I was staying with friends and I, um, in, in the morning I went to, um, the, the school was in a building called Dana. So mm-hmm. in the morning I went to Dana, um, and I like went into like the main office and, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm a prospective student and you like have a schedule for me for the day. And, so I went into the office, got my little schedule for the day, uh, and I <clears throat> went to my advisor's class that morning, and we went around the room, and I was supposed to introduce myself, and so I introduced myself, and I mentioned that I'd been a Peace Corps volunteer in Mali. So after the class, this student came up to me. His name's Charlie. He's a really good friend of ours. And Charlie was like, no way. You were a Peace Corps volunteer in Mali. I'm doing my dissertation research in Mali. I would like love to talk, hang out, whatever. He's like, why don't you, there's a student run class. Um, and it's like, so this is really cool. It was students who had organized their own class. Like it wasn't part of, it wasn't like a professor was offering it. He's like, there's a student run class. It meets at four o'clock. Um, and it, and because it was student run, it didn't have like a, a specific location. So that day it was going to be held at our friend Catherine's house. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, it'll be hard to get there cause it's just in someone's house. He's like, meet me here at four o'clock and I will, I will bring you to this class. Um, it's really, really cool. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to I'm gonna, like meet a whole bunch of students, a student run class. It's going to be really cool. All right. So walked around. Um, I think it's funny. I'm just realizing that like my mom's love story with my dad also involves her being in Mali and that like that was one of the things that, you know, she had just come she back just from Mali when they had yeah. met and like yeah. my dad thought she was so interesting yeah. and like he could tell, like he could tell that she had this like glowing energy from that experience yeah. and it's just interesting that then obviously yeah it's kind of what brought you guys together as well there's more to that but anyway so then 
the Peace Corps so, is just a big thing in our family. And you also did Peace Corps. Yeah, so I mean, that I guess we'll get into that in a second, but I just think that's super awesome. And Denise is my mom's youngest sister, and but you guys were closest in age, only one year apart, and they both served in Mali, West Africa together, which right. is like a super special we thing. six months. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Okay, continue. So, um, okay, so then I'm like walking around Ann Arbor, trying to get a feel for the town and just whatever, filling my day there. Um, I went to a couple classes, I went out to lunch with my advisor, and then it's like, you know, quarter to four, and I'm supposed to go meet Charlie, and Charlie's going to bring me to this class. And I'm walking across the University of Michigan campus, and I, and I see mm-hmm. someone, I see mm-hmm. someone across the quad, mm-hmm. and I've never met her before, but I know right away who she is. I mm-hmm. see her, and I know who she is, mm-hmm. and I know from photographs mm-hmm. that she is my ex-boyfriend's oh ex-girlfriend okay so when i was in peace oh corps in mali, interesting so when i was in peace corps in mali i dated a guy named eric mm-hmm. and before eric came to mali he dated a woman named darcy mm-hmm. and you know i'm sure she was really cool mm-hmm. um they broke up because he was going to mali like mm-hmm. they probably would have you know stayed yeah. together but they were young and going different places and she was apparently yeah. going off to grad school, and he was going off to Molly. Oh so she was at the same grad school as you. Well, so, <laughs> so, I had when we were in Molly, he had like a picture of her up in his hut. So I had mm-hmm. seen her mm-hmm. like a million times. I had seen pictures of her. I'd heard cool. stories about yeah. her. And I just, I was walking across campus, I saw this woman, and I was like, oh my God, that's Darcy. I just know it's Darcy. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I've got nothing to lose. Either it's Darcy <laughs> or it's not. Mm-hmm. So I walk up to her and I'm like, are you Darcy? And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, do, do I know you? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know me, uh, but I'm Denise. And she was like, oh my God, yes, I know exactly who oh you are. <laughs> and then, so she was but like... she didn't know what you looked like. No, she, had, yeah. she just heard of That's so name. funny because yeah. that wouldn't happen these days because of social media. Like everyone, everyone yeah, everyone would be able to already have the face of the name and like be like, she, oh, we follow yeah. each other. Like, she might have kind of knew what I looked like because this yeah. is totally weird, but Eric, Eric sent her... You, Back in the olden days, you had to get film developed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he had a roll of film, and he mailed it to her to get yeah. developed. And she developed it, and then she mailed it back to oh, him. So and there were a bunch of pictures of me in it. And I, she wrote on the back of one, like, is this Denise? She's in a lot of your pictures. Oh, so she but totally she knew what you looked like. But it wouldn't have, like, sunk in with her. Yeah. She just, like, had these pictures and mailed them. Whereas yeah. I saw her face on all his hut yeah. door or whatever all the time. Anyway, so I knew it was her, mm-hmm. walked up. She was like, yes, I'm Darcy. And then we had this weird moment. It was kind of awkward, you know, and she's like, so how's Eric? And I was like, I have no idea. We had broken up at that point. She's like, oh, you guys broke up? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, I'm not. And then we kind of like laughed about it. And it was then, like a bonding moment. It was like, like, okay. What are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm visiting SNRE, School of Natural Resources. She's, I was like, oh, I'm visiting SNRE. And she was like, no way, I'm a student there. And I was like, oh, you know, do you like it? She's like, yeah, it's great, whatever. So we had this talk, and I'm, like, getting kind of amped up because it's just, like, ner- nervous. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I have to meet someone. I, I got to go. And she's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. nice meeting you, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll see you again. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. So... I walk away from her and I like my heart's like kind of racing and I like run up the stairs to go meet Charlie and so I like run to the office and I knock on the door and the door opens and it's Jesse. Charlie and I shared an office because we were um, grad assistants. Uh-huh. 
Um, yeah. So you open and the I door. And you. I yeah. hi. Yeah. May I help you? No, you, you, you answered the door and you were like, uh, oh, you must be Denise. Um, Charlie couldn't make it, but he asked me to wait for you. Oh, so Charlie wasn't there. So it was no, just Charlie the two of you. Okay. He's like, Charlie, Charlie had to go, but he asked me to wait for you. I'm going to bring you to the class. Mm-hmm. And so the very first words that I utter mm-hmm. to my future husband mm-hmm. are, <laughs> this is the first thing. I haven't even said hello yet. Yeah. I say to him, oh, my God. I just met my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and Jesse's like, nice. Like, nice well, to meet you, too. Welcome to our grad school. <laughs> nice to meet you. That's yeah. so cute, though, because you were just so flustered and yeah, like you like, needed to just I tell someone. Like a chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so what were your guys' first impressions of each other then? Because obviously that's a pretty funny thing to say to someone when you first meet them. Well, Jesse, what was I, going I, through I, your mind? I let her get her bearings, I think. Mm-hmm. I you know, I didn't really th- think much of it. I did. I was struck by that kind of uh, greeting, and it, it's really only weird in retrospect now that we're married and have kids together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like right. it wouldn't be a story, right? If if, if nothing, if nothing, nothing happened, happened after yeah, yeah. that, right? Right. So we he walks me. I t- take her to this class, and mm-hmm. then um, you but, know we actually hold the class. No, but, but tell her about the conversation on the way to the class. That's part of what's so funny. So you. Can I tell it? Sure. Are you okay? And then we'll talk about what happened after the class? Yeah? So we, so he's walking me across campus, right, to, this, to the class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm applying to school. He's at the school. So we're talking about school stuff. So he's like, where did you go to college? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, oh, I went to Wesleyan. And he was like, oh, um, when did you graduate? I said, I graduated in 93. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, did you know Matt Higby and Nicole Fleur? Mm-hmm. They're two really, really, really good friends of his. Mm-hmm. He grew up going to Maine to this camp, this really awesome mm-hmm. camp with this woman, Nicole. They've been friends forever, and Nicole went to Wesleyan. And she, um, were they married yet? No, she was dating right. Matt, but they'd been together for, forever and ever. And, um, and so he knew Matt really well because he had been going to camp. He'd been, and Nicole had been bringing him. Anyway, they're really close. So he's like, oh, do you know Nicole Fleur and mm-hmm. Matt Higby? And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally know Matt. Matt, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt was my ex-boyfriend's housemate. Oh, my God. Eric? <laughs> no. No, different. Another Tom's ex-boyfriend. Boyfriend. Okay. Okay, different boyfriend. So, so within, within the span. Yeah, within yeah. the span yeah, of like five minutes. Two ex- all of her exes. He's like, wow, she's really dating around over here. Yeah. Right. So I make it sound like. Like I have like boyfriend, ex-boyfriend Long scattered boyfriends around on boyfriends, yeah. Meanwhile, I had just mentioned like two-thirds of my entire yeah. dating history. Yeah. Like yeah. I had had three long-term relationships. I just mentioned yeah. two of them. That was it. There was yeah. nothing else to tell. There He's was like, no wow, She's a catch. History. She's just dating everybody and everywhere. Yep. That's yeah. so crazy. Uh, so I gave her a third chance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We go on to class. The class is great. I think it was, uh, I think probably from a perspective, student perspective for her, like to see all these people talking about great ideas and, and, and state of the world and what are we going to do about it? Um, And then the class turns into a, a dance party. Basically, yeah, happy like, hour to yeah, dinner like, right. to to dance party, yeah, and so yeah, she class. got she got the yeah. full immersive experience in grad school life, yeah. um, and ended up staying out 
Pretty way late. past my bedtime. Yeah. yeah. Charlie walked. Well, you guys Charlie walked me home, walked home. And I and I was staying with friends and so I didn't get home until like ten o'clock at night or something. And um and I and I was like, ooh, like I felt a little weird like get coming in so late. Um, you know, like I had left at eight o'clock in the yeah, morning or yeah. something and and I and I think I'd said to my friend, like, I'll see you, you know, at two, yeah. like my schedule ends at two, I'll see you in the afternoon. Yeah. This was like before cell phones and stuff, so I was yeah. we were gone. I was gone and then I came in and I was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so late. Like one thing led to another, da 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 da. I just I ended up at this party and she was like, Oh my god, Denise. She was like, I knew when you left this morning that you weren't gonna come home until like ten o'clock at night. She mm-hmm. was like, I knew something like that would happen to you. Oh. Like, of course, of course. And it was like it totally when I went to Michigan to visit I was kind of going to like cross it off my list Mm -hmm. like I was like I'm probably not going here but Mm -hmm. I need to I need to see this school Mm -hmm. and it just completely turned me around did any part of you was any part of you like I want to go here because I'm intrigued by Jesse and I want to get to know him more um I think that that would have been a bit of a stretch, but it I didn't definitely hurt. it didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he not didn't, even in a romantic way, no, but just he, in like a oh, like the, I met good yes, people there. Yes, completely. Like I met everybody who would become my future husband mm-hmm. and my my like our closest friends. Like right. I met everybody I was supposed to meet that mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. that party. Um, like everything about it was just so great. So then I was completely torn. Like I was like, wait, I wasn't supposed to like Michigan. And now mm-hmm. I, I kind of think I loved it. But I was also like, you don't pick a school because of a boy. Mm-hmm. That's not what you yeah. do. Agreed. Like, you, don't, yeah. you don't pick a school because... Um, <laughs> Paul's looking for the leash. But the harness is in the other room. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I didn't want to make a really important life decision just based on a guy, right. but also... Well, uh, the flip side of that yeah. is the most important life decision one might make. Mm-hmm. It might be about, be about a, a boy. Also, yeah, so. I agree totally. When you're young, like don't you know, if you're in high school and you're dating oh, someone, definitely. don't go to the same college as them just because that's where they're going and you don't actually want to go there, but you want to go there because they're going there. Like that to me mm-hmm. is never a good decision because you will end up resenting them, and it's just like you should when you're this young, especially like high school you should be making decisions fully for you. But by the time you get to grad school, if you meet someone and get a good feeling, it's okay to follow that. Like, I don't think that's like throwing your life away or doing something crazy just because of a boy. It's like, no, like you're out in the world and like grad school, it's a very different stage of life than high school or, you know, younger years. uh, Yeah, then you disappeared basically. Like you went back to go visit Mm -hmm. more schools. Yeah. And then I I was actually doing research um, that summer overseas in Belize and I got an email from you um, answering my uh, roommate request. Right. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had put a thing out saying that he was looking for a roommate mm-hmm. or a housemate. housemate. And I wrote to the school and I was like, oh, I'm coming. I now because I, I decided to go. Mm-hmm. Then I, I needed to find a place to live. Um, and so they, they gave me three names um, and his was one of them. So I wrote to him and I was like, oh, you might remember me. Aww. You know, I think I said something like yeah. you might remember me. But I, I remember even even as I was writing that email, I was kind of like, I don't think I want to live with him right. because mm-hmm. what if I like him? Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Yeah, and that's I, messy but, to yeah. live with someone that, that you that might actually like. actually went through my mind, too. Um, like, oh, that could be really weird. Like, yeah. 
Um, so like both, when you, so we met yeah. very briefly, but we both had enough yeah. of a little grain. Yeah. But I also so think when you do have that feeling about someone, you want to take things, especially like, I don't know. Yeah, when you're like, oh, I yeah. could see it going somewhere, you want to take it slow. So you're not like, we don't want to move in together no. right away. Yeah. You didn't even know it. Yeah, because yeah. now you guys have been living yeah. together for years. So, so I, I moved in with, with my housemate, Mary, and she was awesome. And then I got to school and... um and I was living with Charlie and yeah, some other people. Yeah, we were just friends. Yeah. But you want to tell them about the Thursday supper clubs and our birding date, our first birding date? Yeah, tell yeah, us. I don't, I don't remember how the birding date started, though. Well, the, so, so every th- Thursday, Jess was part of a group of friends who would get together for potluck. And my housemate, um, Laura, invited me and, um, to the first one. And I remember I showed up, it was Mexican night. She had made like mm. this whole tray of enchiladas. Mm. And I remember I was like, ooh, um, Jesse's there. Mm-hmm. Because it was a slightly, it was a slightly different group, right? And then um, he's a really good cook. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what he brought that night. But like very soon through these Thursday nights, I was like, this, mm-hmm. this boy can cook. To that I think is such an attractive <laughs> quality in someone. Like if they can cook, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I guess because we all we all yeah, love that food. Was little, that was a little, a little window. Yeah. yeah, and then it totally um, and is then learn how to very, cook. People very very early on. One of my I want to say it was like Catherine. It was like oh you have a car and I was like yeah I have, I have a car and she was like oh don't tell Jesse Buff you have a car or he's gonna want to borrow your car to go birding or something like that mm-hmm. and I was like. Mental Jesse note. loves birds, just so Mental the people note. back home listening now. Ask him if he wants Tell to go Jesse birding. Buff that I have a car. Anyway, so he, he was doing research and he needed to go birding and count some birds mm-hmm. to do his research. So he invited me birding. Mm-hmm. And we, um, it was at this uh, reserve owned by the university. And I had already done some counts there already. And it was, it was late in the afternoon, right? And it was yeah. beautiful. And there were sandhill cranes coming in to roost for the night. We had seen two um, great horned owls fly mm-hmm. through the woods. Mm-hmm. So I was checking them off my list. Uh, it was a nice scene. It was, it was late fall. The but weather then. was still good. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was, I mean, it wasn't really a date date, right? No. I mean, we didn't, we didn't think it was, but no. we were just getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, I think stuff like that's cute where you don't actually have to know, like, it doesn't have to be like a formal, no like, pressure. yeah, like, right. I want yeah. to go on a date with yeah, you. you yeah, then it puts this weird pressure. No, no. I like just like hanging out like with like the little. It's like, oh, I'm, I have to go birding. Anyway. So it's late in the day. And so we're at this reserve and um, we go to drive out and the gate is locked. Mm-hmm. We are locked inside. The birding. The birding. And this oh is, pr- people in the world had cell phones, but we, we did certainly that. did not have cell oh phones gosh. at yeah. the time. So we and had to so climb over the climb gate. Climb over the gate. I actually, I think I knew where the reserve manager lived. Yeah, yeah. So we had to actually walk to someone's house plead our case, hey, we're locked in this place, oh my gosh, and get the key, so key and, and then go back car. and get the car. But I, I think you stuff know, like that's so I fun. I was thinking, like, we're going to end up sleeping in the car tonight, and it's going to be really weird and awkward and also cold. Yes. Um, but we so got out. We got out. And we showed such up. a fun little challenge we, to get over together. You know? Yeah. And it, first it, challenge. Well, first event challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Thursday because we went from that to our to dinner a, date, yeah. to our, so to our potluck. And so, yeah, we had a good story. And, mm-hmm. and But I think there was a little bit of like, hmm, why are they showing up so late yeah. together? Yeah. 
But we wouldn't have brought any food, so we probably like yeah, bought loads of bread and cheese or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yes, that was it. Oh well, then. <clears throat> so then we went on our first date, and yeah, then what was the fir- that was the first that date? Was the first date. Halloween party. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then, when was the first kiss? Uh, and then a week later, maybe. Well, a week after the Halloween party. Yeah. So Halloween party, my awesome roommate Mary had the idea of throwing a Halloween party where the theme was to come dressed as a song. Oh, so like somebody was Purple Rain yeah. and whatever. So I was Little Red Corvette, mm-hmm. the Prince song. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing about that party is that Jesse's ex-girlfriend was visiting that weekend. We were still kind of uh, holding on to stuff a little bit. And um, And she was great. She was super cool. Yeah, Yeah, she she was cool. She's still cool. We actually ended up, um, I ended up staying really late, and she was like, can we go? And I was having a really good time actually talking to Denise mm-hmm. and Charlie and Charlie's eventual wife and oh. mother of his kids who that might have been their first kiss night yeah, or yeah, first yeah. date night. Yeah, yeah. And so the four of us and they're still our really good friends um, ended up talking late into the hours on the mm-hmm. on the deck drinking beer mm-hmm. and my ex was asleep on the couch inside. And she was your ex at the time? No. But- or was she, she your girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, we had officially broken up, but she oh. was also visiting me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, she's yeah. still coming. And well, she, she wanted to leave, and you were like, no, I, I, I want to talk to Denise. Yeah, I think I was just really into my grad school world and the, all the new people that I was meeting. And we were just I, in very I, different places. And I remember yeah. at the time... Um, I remember at the time being like, oh, he brought what, this woman. What like, ass. what... What is she? You wouldn't ask. Well, and I remember I was conflicted because I was like, oh my God, he's talking to me. He's yeah. hanging out with me. He's, he's with me. He's also not. But, but then you also have to like, remember you what? brought up your two ex boyfriends the <laughs> first time you met him. So you're like, maybe it's just <laughs> well, our thing. We just but we like, like to involve our exes. <laughs> well, but I was like excited that he was hanging out yeah. at the keg and talking to me. But I was also had one eye on her and I was like, he's not being respectful to her. Like, mm-hmm. she's here. Mm-hmm. He she clearly wants to leave. He mm-hmm. should leave, mm-hmm. but part of me was still like, "Oh, everybody's talking to me." He's with yeah. me. So I was like, it was like bittersweet, or I was a little conflicted yeah, about that because figure out what the vibe I was of that. The attention I was getting, but I also didn't like that very that that little insight yeah. into. But also, mm-hmm. <laughs> that same instinct of his mm-hmm. to like stay at the party, be the last mm-hmm. to leave the party. Like I've lived that now for mm-hmm. how many years have we been married? A hundred years. <laughs> well, we've been together since 1999. So, so 20, 20, 20, 24 years. 23 years of... Your relationship's older than me. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. yeah I mean, that makes sense. First, it's just crazy to think about. You were the first baby he ever held. Oh. Yeah. Thank Did you, you know Jesse. No, I didn't know that. You were the first newborn oh that I ever held. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You have that special place. That's so you sweet. Little, you were a little teary-eyed when yeah, you held yeah. her. Because like, oh you, you realized what a... Like, responsibility like to have a baby, yeah. So, and someone who I'm also related, related to. Yeah, you know? yeah. Was that the first baby you ever held that you were related to, or just first? First newborn. Okay, parents, yeah. Think, okay, but yeah. Also one yeah. that I was related to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's so sweet, Jess. I didn't know that. I love that. So, um, 
Yeah, so anyway, for the past 20 million years now, yeah. I'm the one who's like, Jesse, we gotta go. Jesse, yeah. I have to go. Jesse, I'm falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> and he's You're still like, at Damn, the party. I relate to the that girl now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's how well, my family is, too. In your case, kind of false advertising. You know, to pretend that, you, that yeah, I was the party girl? Yeah, to pretend that you, you would stay up late yeah. drinking beer. And yeah, so that's, he was like, this is what I, you're gonna get. I'm on brand. Yeah, true, uh, true. <laughs> For so 24 you, years, I'm totally on brand. Yeah, I yeah. pretended that I liked birding and beer. Mm-hmm. Just and long enough. I'm staying up late. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so then so then, nothing happened that night mm-hmm. between us. No, nothing. Well, yeah, nothing his ex-girlfriend was there. Yeah, they left. A little bit of a cockblock, if you ask me. <laughs> they <laughs> left. <laughs> then the following weekend, talking about cockblock, the following mm-hmm. weekend, his dad was visiting. Mm, that's even worse. <laughs> 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 right? That was the weekend of the 70s party. 70s party. We went to a football game. We um, meaning you and your dad. Yeah, me and my dad. But we ran into you on the street, actually. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, you know, this is dad. This is Denise. I I don't know if he knew that he was meeting his future daughter-in-law at that moment. Um, But it was really cool seeing a football game with my dad, who's a sociologist. And Mm -hmm. just to see 110,000 people, like, all chanting the same thing and moving in unison and yeah, uh, singing yeah. singing the fight Michigan yeah, fight Michigan song. Fight he, I Michigan think he was really impressed by that. Um, but and then about so, what the party yeah, was. our grad school had an iconic '70s party every year in the fall, and people from far and wide came to it, and it was just mm-hmm. a really cool throwdown. Um, the year before, there had been like like an ice flume with shots, you know, like one oh, of those things. We have, those, yeah, we have those at college. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so people were really... People were really into this party. And you get really dressed up. So Jesse had this, like, had crazy outfit, 70s outfit have... with, like, a medallion and his shirt unbuttoned and his, like, hairy chest showing and this oh, ridiculous and I pants. Had, and... I also had long hair at the oh, yeah, time. I was oh, just right. about to ask. I, I was like, that down. Yeah. yeah, and you you'd grown your... Um, Gr- grown your my burns out. And a mustache. And a mustache. So he looked... That's yeah, part, he yeah. looked the part, and his his dad was also dressed up, and they had a pre party at their house, and then the party was always at the same house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I went to his, mm-hmm. I went to his pre party, mm-hmm. and um, and he offered me a drink. Mm-hmm. I remember that I responded, I responded by saying, "Why are you trying to get me drunk?" And he <laughs> said, "Maybe." And then we went to the party party. We were dancing. His dad's like, what, what? is going on? <laughs> we were dancing, had a good time, good time, good time. And then I think, did your dad At leave? At some point, I walked my dad home and went back to the party. I let my dad go crash. Yeah, so dad went to mm-hmm. go sleep Dad, this dad. is the part where I yeah. leave you here because <laughs> shenanigans are going to go down. At some point, like deep into the night. It was night, like 3 o'clock in the morning. You and I we walked left. out. and uh, We were on our bikes. No. I was on my bike. I had my bike. You had your bike? Yeah. So then how did we kiss? We were, we were holding <laughs> no. the bike. I was, we, you walked me, we, we walked together. We walked together yeah. to that gas station. Yeah, so so the, the, she was going to continue on to her house another few blocks away, and I my house was the other like direction. one block uh, to the right, and we just stopped and had a kiss on the corner in front of the gas That's station, so downtown Ann Arbor. What was the intersection? I don't remember. Oh, but you sent It was Maine, Maine and Catherine? Yes. Yeah, Catherine. I, oh, yeah. I'm very cute that I send her <laughs> the Google Street View of the gas station every year That's on so November, November 6th. 6th which oh, is that was also, the day that you guys kissed. Yeah. Also Janine's birthday. Mm-hmm. Also our other aunt, my other aunt. Also the day we got Rocket Bear. Oh, so their dog. Big day. Big day big for day. our family. Yeah. Three big That's things. super cute. Um, so that was our first kiss. Yeah. 
And then from there, once you guys kiss, where you're like, oh yeah, like this is it, I want to date this person, or were you like, oh, we're just friends, we're just, it's chill, like what was the feeling? We're just a thing, we were just together. Yeah, you just knew. Yeah, you don't, I mean, we didn't date, like you don't go on Mm. dates in grad school, we were just Mm. a thing, we were just, we were just a couple. We did go on a, we we went and saw um, that movie with, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Jimmy and Charles? No, what was it yeah. called? I don't know. God. But you guys started... So after that kiss, you were like, were you boyfriend and girlfriend? I mean, I guess so. Like, we, I feel like you. Yeah. I feel like in, in your guys' time, it like was so much more chill with that stuff. I feel like our generation is like a lot more obsessed with labels and being like, what are we and figuring it out? or like, Which is fine. That's just kind of how like our generation moves through relationships. I mean, we were but, also adults, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We were in our yeah, late, we were in late, late 20s, 20s at that yeah. point. I was 27? So, yeah. Right? Or something? Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds a lot less... It sounds yeah. a lot more chill and, like, less complicated. Like, you're like, yeah. okay, we kissed. Yeah, we're together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we didn't need to define it, but... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we kind of knew that yeah. it was serious. Yeah, you, yeah. Knew you were both, like, into yeah. each other. It was exclusive. Yeah. Like, you wanted to see where it yeah. went. Yeah. Yeah. And then... But then when... Did you have to break up with your girlfriend? Or was that already... No, things just kind of... Fizzled. Fizzled, Peter. Yeah. It was over. I mean, she might have a different story, but... Yeah. <laughs> she's she's still very cool, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's it. Yeah. But can I tell one prequel to the story? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, do I know about this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. As soon as I start it, you're going to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I'm rewinding. Rewind. So, um, the summer before I went to grad school, um, Sylvie, your mom, and Paul, your dad, mm-hmm. got married. Mm-hmm. And so, the spring leading up to... Oh, Sylvie's I know what you're going to say. <laughs> okay. yeah. So, the spring, the spring leading up to your wedding, Sylvie was, like, talking about her wedding nonstop. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. the dress and the this and the that and the wedding and the wedding and the wedding. And I was just... I was single, mm-hmm. and I was just getting sick of it. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done, so, like, stop it. Stop talking about your wedding. We already know... <laughs> Your wedding's going to be awesome. You're marrying Paul. Paul's awesome. You're marrying on the Harvard College campus. It's beautiful. You have a dress. It's gorgeous. It's going to be awesome. Your wedding's going to be awesome. Stop talking about your wedding. What about me? Who am I going to marry? I said that. The way my mom said it, she was like, she was like, I was so excited. I was talking about everything with the wedding. And Denise just stops me and she just goes, Syl, that's great. But who am I going to marry? Like you yelled. (laughs) And she was like, "Um, you're going to grad school. You're going to meet someone there. It's obvious. That's what she said. So she said, (laughs) so she said, oh, so, so for viewers who don't know, Sylvie calls me Neezer. She was like, Neezer, that's, she was like, what? Wait, you? What? That's easy. You're going to grad school. Mm -hmm. You're going to meet some RPCV, Return Peace Corps Volunteer. That's what that stands for. Mm -hmm. You're going to meet some RPCV. Long hair, yeah. eco geeko like, yeah. like enviro enviro nerd. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, you Neezer, Oh, that's easy. You're going to grad school. You're going to meet some long haired RPCV eco geeko with one of those carabiners hanging off of his backpack with a coffee mug hanging mm-hmm. off of it. And then I went to grad school mm-hmm. and I came yeah. home with a long haired eco geeko RPCV with a backpack with a carabiner and a coffee mug hanging off it. Might have been an algae. I brought him home in November. It's a little murky. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she nailed, really, it. she nailed it. She nailed it. Still nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. She Too like okay. saw a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Sisters just I know just, that stuff. I just actualized it. Yeah. I could yeah. see me and my sister having the same conversation. Or maybe you were just like, okay, I'm just going to do what my sister said. <laughs> yeah. 
you just like, you just saw the long hair tied, yeah. tied up with a bow. Yeah. Anyway. That was really why you were interested in the birds. You were like, oh, eco geeko. That's all we said to do. Right. Yeah. But that's anyway, hilarious. So I delivered. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. That's our whole story. I love it. It's yeah. super cute. I feel like it's so sweet how, like, there's no phones involved. Like, you had to jump over the fence because <laughs> you didn't have phones. And how, like, you just emailed each other because you were like, oh, okay, see you back in grad school. Do you want to be roommates on email? Like, stuff like that is so cute and sweet. And I think it's, like, something that is way more rare to find in our generation. Like, mm-hmm. things happening so naturally and so offline and everything and that's that's how i love to like experience love and yeah live in this world and it's sweet to talk to people who you know lived in your guys generation and it's just like i feel like everyone's stories are like that and i hope my generation like holds on to this and listens to stories like this and is like this is what i want too because i feel like i mean yeah online dating is crazy and i feel like it's just i can't imagine sitting down with like my niece or my grandkids or my kids and be like well i met your father on tinder like i just don't i can't that's not gonna happen um i feel like i can't picture telling it like that it's it's gonna be a normal part of, yeah. of things. Yeah. But if that's if, how you meet, not, yeah, right. too. Yeah, right. that's okay yeah. as well. And the world's evolving and changing. Well. But I just I love stories like this. I, mean, and I love stories. Like think this. about it though. The, those online matching things kind of cut, you know, mm-hmm. cut through some of the noise mm-hmm. in a way that us meeting at grad school did. Mm-hmm. Like, well, my filter like it would was have been Eco Geeko Long right. RPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the last thing? Oh, Carabiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just just kind of you know having that chance to meet someone with a similar worldview yeah and yeah and shared values yeah. right there's definitely good things about it but i also think so much of like kind of how when you guys first met and it was a very brief interaction in a sense like you just met one day and went to a party but you both held on to like a little something that was there i think that's something that you just can't feel or see online it's just something that you only feel when you meet someone for the first time in person unexpectedly and you're just like oh there's a little something there and you hold on to that you think about that and i just think that's super special and yeah I think that story was so cute. I loved it. And now you guys are married with two kids, um, my cousins, Phoebe and Kai. And you guys recently, over the holidays, went to Costa Rica and did a workaway. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, how your experience was with that, because I'm always preaching on this podcast, like, go, you can go anywhere in the world if you do a workaway because you can work for your rent or, you know, there's, I mean, there's a plethora of different options of, like, what benefits you'd get. Sometimes you get food, sometimes you get rent. Like, it depends on what work you're doing and all that stuff but it is such a cool travel hack and i think it's super cool that you guys as a family just did that because it's not the most traditional way to travel as a family usually families are like okay we're gonna get a hotel um which is also fine but i think workaway is such like an originally enriching enriching experience for your kids and that was their first work away i'm assuming yes. um but you guys are used to stuff like this because you both did the peace corps as yeah. we you know briefly kind of mentioned and if you guys want to talk about your peace corps experience as well that would be awesome but i want to yeah i think well so you know this is like post pandemic um last year spring break we really wanted to do something we wanted to go someplace warm and have an adventure um, we hadn't done anything in a while, like anything international mm-hmm. and exciting. And 
so we decided we were going to go to Belize. Mm-hmm. Jesse had done a, his grad school research in Belize and subsequent research in Belize. He knows the country inside out. And we we're like, if this is our return to travel, this mm-hmm. is perfect. It's mm-hmm. easy. It's a short flight. It's like three you roads. That's mm-hmm. just like, and it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful country with so much fun stuff to do. So we stayed in kind of a, like a jungle eco lodge and we did tons of adventuring. And like we went, um, we went caving, we went tubing. Um, we visited ruins. We oh, we went like cliff jumping at this waterfall. Like it was all and snorkeling. It was all like adventure, adventure, adventure. And it was awesome. Like we had a great time as a family. Kids loved it. It was beautiful, and I was happy to have done that. And then this year, Christmas, I I really wanted to do something fun and different because last year at Christmas, <coughs> our son got Kai got COVID, and mm-hmm. so it was a little bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do something fun and bold and exciting but I wanted it to be different from Belize I wanted the kids to see more of like um more of the actual country and more of how people live Mm -hmm. and not just think that like oh you know the entire developing world is just a playground for Americans to just Mm -hmm go on adventure like I, it's important for me to know that my kids know that real people live there have real lives there so I wanted to do something that was a little bit more like I don't know real more yeah. normal normal people living thing so that's part of why Workaway is cool because it does give you this more like real experience in the sense of you feel like you have you get to like get a little taste of what life is like yeah. there in a way yeah, yeah. it's cool so um our, my other sister, your aunt Amy, had been to this farm years and years ago with her, well, just with Marika, when, when Marika was little. And they had stayed for 10 days and they did farm work. And I think Amy studied Spanish or something in the afternoons and she had been there and she loved it. So she recommended it for us for this year. So we went. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I think, um, you know, I think a, pe- a lot of people, when we told them we were taking our uh, Teenager. two teenagers to go work over the uh, Christmas holiday on a farm. On a farm, <laughs> people kind of doubted it, and um, and I can see why they doubted it because mm-hmm. you know it's not really the dream vacation for mm-hmm. two teenagers. Like mm-hmm. you know, having limited access to to their devices during the day, but also having responsibilities and not being able to sleep in. Um, but we were hoping that the experience would, would counteract some of that. And I, I think the jury's still out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but we hope that eventually mm-hmm. a, after they process this and this kind of goes deep into the backs of their brains that, that it was a good experience for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And, and I think it was. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there <laughs> yeah. were things about it that they liked and found interesting. I think it was probably a little bit more fulfilling for me and Denise. Yeah. You know, I, I, I geek out on this stuff because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was a volunteer in Nicaragua, mm-hmm. the country right next door. So there's a lot of familiarities with, with, with the landscape and, yeah. and, and the food and, and the way things work on the, mm-hmm. on the farm. Um, and just getting a chance to swing a machete in the jungle mm-hmm. was, was kind yeah. of fun yeah. again. Um, yeah, it was just, and then we did fun things in the afternoon yeah. too, which, which I think helped balance the work part of the yeah, vacation. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was definitely a nice balance. Like we went rafting, mm-hmm. we did zip lining, we did, 
the canyoning thing. We went to a volcano. Like they, the kids, yeah, was they, they got to adventure yeah. as well. But I think even if they can't fully right now, be like, mom and dad, this is such an enriching, enriching experience. Like in the moment, like right. oh, thanks for letting me, like you know, yeah, shovel this poop right now. Like I think when they get older, they'll be more open to experiences like that in the future because they're also still pretty young in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Um, and like this is like very de- del, de- oh my gosh developmental yeah times of their life when they're like okay what do I actually enjoy doing what do I want to do with my life and like I don't know I think it's just good to get a a broader view of like what travel can be mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily always think travel is a vacation right. in some ways like yes it always is because you're you know you're doing fun stuff like mm-hmm. you know zip lining that feels very vacationy but I don't know the dog is running both dogs are running oh gosh okay um you know i just don't think that travel always necessarily needs to be vacation mode because you don't usually change that much as a human being if you just go drink pina coladas on a beach all day you know yeah maybe you were relaxed maybe you look back and like oh that was a fun time and there's nothing wrong with that sometimes humans need that sometimes they just need full relaxation but if you want to grow as a human being and learn something about yourself and the world around you then you should go travel and it's not always going to be easy or be a vacation and i think the fact that you guys are teaching your kids that at a pretty young age is really good because then when they go off into the world i know with my experiences now like i want to do something like peace corps and like experience something like that like what you guys have done what my mom has done what a lot of people in our family has done and i don't know if i would be you know as open to that if i didn't have role models like you guys and my mom to be like this is something that's really important and it's not just going and adventuring in you know a developing country for two years it's like it's learning a lot about the world around you and like you change a lot as as a person and the fact that you guys like met and had both had this shared experience like i think that's so cool i want something like that you say that like a lot of the people on the farm with us especially the like the there were a lot of young women Mm -hmm. on the farm in the early 20s they were Mm -hmm. all they reminded me a lot of you like Mm -hmm. they were all this this like adventuring but Mm -hmm. do-gooders and um yeah there was like Dutch, yeah. two Dutch girls, a British girl. Yeah, learning about the world. Learning about the world. Um, trying to, and they were all traveling Trying for to like find an months, alternative vision, too, because part of this, this farm is that they're trying to do things differently mm-hmm. with, um, in terms of organic production and, and low to zero input, you know, so, so low carbon or zero carbon, mm-hmm. um, you know, really just trying to, to, to do farming in a sustainable yeah. way. And everything that you grow and on so the farm, people you really eat on the farm. That. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. What was the main thing that the farm was producing? Do you know? Well, so they were, they were coming out of kind of... Um, uh, over COVID, mm-hmm. I think that they they had shut down. They, they had mostly shut down, mm-hmm. so things were in the fields were fallow. Um, you know, they weren't having visitors, um, so now they're only starting to ramp back mm-hmm. up to to so producing vegetables veggies. like leafy greens, vegetables, mm-hmm. fruits, um, goat milk, eggs. Yeah, um, but they have hopes for doing like fruit trees and yeah longer term stuff yeah. and then what was the kind of work that you guys did and like what was basically for the work you were doing what were you getting in return i know you guys oh, got yeah. some so, well, food right yeah yeah so um 
I mean, this might sound expensive to some people, cheap to some, but it was $25 a day per person, mm -hmm. and that included three meals a day mm -hmm. and your lodging. Mm -hmm. So you, you paid to be there, but most, I mean, it's, it is not a, yeah. that's not a ton of money. Um, and then <clears throat> some people had alternate arrangements, like they did their own cooking, and then it was cheaper, whatever. Mm -hmm. But for us, that's what we did. And then the, the work was... Um, we would meet at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. down by the horses, and you would do about an, an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. um, two people would go up to the kitchen, start the fire, because mm -hmm. all the cooking was done on this huge wood-burning stove, and it took a long time to get the fire going. Mm -hmm. Everybody else would stay down by the animals, feed them, like do that early morning farm mm -hmm. stuff, like collect the eggs, milk the, milk the goats, mm -hmm. <clears throat> feed the goats, feed the horses. So that was until like 7.30. Then you had a break for breakfast and a little meeting where we would decide what we were actually doing for the day. Mm -hmm. And so the actual jobs were from nine to noon. Mm -hmm. And that was, you'd either go to the garden and the garden was like laying out compost, planting, mulching, these vegetable beds. Yeah, sounds so then fun and relaxing someone, too. Yeah, uh, oh, I spent a morning, um, uh, putting, uh, insecticide on the leaf cutter ants mm -hmm. which yeah. which sounds horrible but it, you know in these places it's a real battle against nature sometimes and yeah. in order to 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 get any kind of production you do have you to it. um uh you have to take care of the pests. the so-called yeah. pests yeah. but but they were using an eco-organic way to control the leaf yeah. cutter ants that was yeah. cool and then we the animal duty, you'd have to, like, clean their, sh clean their pens or their sheds or whatever, their stables, whatever they're called. Um, that was kind of interesting, too, because all, all of their leftover food you would bring to one pile and it would get mulched. And then all of their poop you would bring to a different pile and it would get composted. Oh, so you were constantly, yeah. like, everything was just like a big circular loop, mm -hmm. right? Like, because then the, the compost then fed the garden and mm -hmm. then the garden fed us. And so it was just round. It's so around. cool how, like, human beings have figured out how to, like, work with nature to, like, help nature thrive as well. But then also in some ways have to get rid of other elements of nature, like the bugs or the pests or whatever. But I just, yeah. I don't know, I have a lot of respect for people who, like, yeah. own farms that are, like, oh literally, God. like, growing with yeah. the land. I think yeah. it's interesting how, I guess, like, it's it's interesting how in other countries that's way more of like a respected thing and people are like, oh yeah, you own a farm, that's awesome. Versus here, we're all, I don't know, I just think, yeah, we're a little bit disconnected to nature well, and our yeah. food sources because if we didn't have, think about, like yeah. when I think about if I didn't have a grocery store, I would not know <laughs> how to eat because I would be well, like, do I, should I start planning stuff? Like it's that's so cool to me. Jesse, Jesse so, like yeah. wanted the kids to connect to the food system a little bit more and we had this interesting conversation we were there for new year's mm -hmm. and so everybody got together the day before and they were like what do we what do we want to do mm -hmm. as a community for new year's mm -hmm. how about um everybody cook something from their from their culture because mm -hmm. there were like you know french people there dutch yeah. people there english people there americans and um, and then the the hosts who like manage the farm they said oh it's rare but we could cook meat it was a it was all vegetarian mm -hmm. organic food the whole time mm -hmm. they were like we oh, could I should go this farm <laughs> we could do chicken for yeah. for New Year's as like a special thing um, and then there was this whole conversation would they would they slaughter the farm chickens oh, no. and they were, and then the people were like no don't slaughter the yeah. farm chickens and he was like well you want me to go to a store and buy the chickens and they were like well that's better and he's like well 
if you why is that better and and if you are going to eat meat you need to recognize that Mm -hmm. that piece of meat on your plate is the dead animal it's either the Mm -hmm. dead animal that you fed and took care of yesterday or it's a dead animal from somewhere else and it was interesting for the other people on the farm to start thinking about like you know where their food comes from what what they're willing to eat i would have been like don't we don't need chicken that badly (laughs) because i would not have personally would not have been able to about killing a goat and everyone was like no not the goats because the goats were very cute it is really interesting to think about and i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast that much but i am vegetarian and i've been vegetarian since i was seven years old and i am um i'm flexible with at times my thing is cultural experiences and like special occasions and Mm -hmm. also i just like if i'm traveling and like in hawaii there's a lot of times where i was like well, I really want to try this really cool like experience that's right. here. Like we cooked a whole meal in the, the ground, ground. yeah, yeah awesome. which is called an emu, and like it was so cool. Uh, we cooked lamb and pumpkin, mm. and like we dug the hole, yeah, we yeah, yeah. put like the bamboo on it, we put yeah. the big leaves. Like uh-huh. it was so cool. We did uh, a whole thing. Awesome. We watched the whole thing cook, and it cooked all day. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the situation like that, I'm going you to like partake in that because I'm like, yeah, this is a crazy cool experience. Yeah. But I think my reasoning for becoming vegetarian in the first place was genuinely, as a seven-year-old, I just thought about the fact that, like, if I... And it's such funny, like, simple mm-hmm. seven-year-old thinking, but I was like, how would I feel if the animals were killing and eating me? Right. Wouldn't feel good about that. I would I would be upset. <laughs> no, that wouldn't feel good. And so I was like, well, I wouldn't want to do that to them. And I, right. I just viewed animals as, like, equals as humans yeah. when I was seven. And I still do. And mm-hmm. it just... I mean, I'm not saying I'm, like, a perfect person and I don't ever eat meat because, like I just said, sometimes I do, you know, am flexible with it and, like, I'll indulge in an experience. But, but, like, as a whole, I just feel guilty and it's kind of, like, what... And I don't mind what anyone else does. You guys should eat meat if you want to. Like, it's your own personal decision. But what you're talking about, like, the fact that it's, like, you have to recognize, like if you're eating that chicken, like, it was a living thing, and it was being fed, and it was being loved, and it was being taken care of, and, like, mm-hmm. it's, life was ended, and, and, you know, that's just, yeah. that's just the reality, and, you know, and you make your own personal decision, um, whether or not you want to eat meat or not, but that was just, like, seven-year-old me, that was my decision, I was like, yeah. I can't do it, can't sorry, do it. just, I can't do it, and I've stuck to it, and, you know, 20 now, and I'm still vegetarian. Well, also talk, talking with the farm manager about it, and, in Spanish, actually, and he was saying, it's a heavy thing, he was mm-hmm. using the trans translation for mm. it being heavy to kill to, to kill yeah. an animal and like he he eats meat but he he recognizes yeah, that it, it that is. is it is significant to take another um yeah. you know another being's life and that people should understand mm. that and have a connection to that so they mm. can respect it more and so even if you're okay with taking that life, at least mm-hmm. you're going to think about it and you're yeah. going to be, maybe you'll do it less. Yeah, right. and there's not a problem with eating meat. Or you'll make it more of a, a big deal that yeah. you're eating meat because you you have this deeper connection yeah. to what it means to, to actually kill an animal yeah. to, in order to eat it. And being more like thankful that like, oh, I get to eat this meat versus right. just going to the grocery store and buying this prepackaged already, you know, yeah. it's already killed and you didn't have to do any work and you don't I mean, even have to think about the fact that it used to be like a it. living thing because you're just, you, yeah, it does not even look like it anymore. And people, I don't think people usually think about it when they go to the grocery store and pick it up because how, how you're would so they? Yeah, you're just disconnected. Right. 
But like you said, he's like, it's heavy for me. But he still makes his own decision. He's like, I still, you know, it is like healthy for humans to eat meat. Um, and it's not like a terrible, terrible thing. Bowlers. Yeah, but it's just, it's just very interesting. And I think there's definitely something to be said about being more connected to your food source and being aware where that stuff comes from and being aware of the work that goes into it, being grateful for the people that do it and respecting, like, the honestly, like, I wouldn't be able to do it. So right. if there's ever something you can't do and other people do it very well, I have no choice but respect that. And be like, wow, farmers are really cool. And I want to learn more from them. I want to go to this farm now. Like, especially since so it's a vegetarian farm. Go. Yeah, only me and my sister can go. <laughs> I think Paul would like it. He probably would. would. Um, and I was just thinking about, since we're on the topic of animals and everything, oh. I want to talk about the polar, polar bear plunge, plunge. Because that's something that is super important to all of us. And um, I've never talked about it on the podcast before, but I've been doing this since I was eight. So around the same time that I decided yeah, to become vegetarian, I think when I was seven, um, so the time I decided to become vegetarian, Jesse, that was when I was seven, I believe, that you did the polar bear plunge. I'm 20. I think I was seven. 12, 13 years ago? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's either my 11th or 12th year doing this. Yeah, so basically, Jesse does... you came to watch. Yes, right? I came to watch your first year, yeah. and um, my mom was just like, oh, Uncle Jesse's jumping in the Potomac um, for polar bears, and I was like, I want to come. No, I was like, I want to come watch, and I watched you do it, and I watched all these other people do it, and you can explain a little bit about exactly why you do it and what it is, um, but yeah, when I was seven, I watched you do it, and I was like, Mom, I looked at so and I was like, Mom, um, I'm going to do this next year. I want to help the polar bears too. Like, let's do this. This is awesome. Um, and the next year I did it. And then I've done it ever since. Um, obviously, now I've been traveling and in college. And so, like, this year I'm going to miss, which I'm really sad about. But, back. yeah, I'll, I will come back any year that I am here. I will do it. And it's also something that you can get involved with, I think, anywhere in the world, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't actually know. I know that polar bear plunges are done in cold places in the winter in order to raise funds um, for many different things. Um, the, the one I know around here in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area that's probably the most popular is one for Special Olympics mm -hmm. that oh, I think cool. um, a number of uh, police departments participate in. Mm -hmm. And that's what I know a lot of people are familiar with. But to me, the one that I'm uh, that I've been involved with for the last eleven or twelve years, um, which is run by the Chesapeake Climate Action Network, which is a regional climate advocacy organization, um, it makes so much sense to do this awareness mm -hmm. raising because here, at least in 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 mm -hmm. this area, we want winter to stay winter, right? We don't want a warming winter. Mm -hmm. It's been really, really um, warm this winter. It has a lot of really bad implications. Um, we want there to be four seasons, um, mm -hmm. and, we, and we want those polar bears to continue. You know, if you extrapolate mm -hmm. to the far north, we want those polar bears to, to continue existing, right? And the way things are going, it's not looking good for them, right? Yeah. And so that's why... So it's called the polar bear plunge. Polar bear plunge, right. So, so it has... A Sorry, lot the dog is getting excited about the polar bear plunge.
it has a lot of appropriate meaning for, for climate change. So basically, it's an awareness-building event. It's a fundraising event. Um, I called my team the Grumpy Bears because we're grumpy about climate change. Yes, I'm a proud um, member of the Grumpy Bears. Yeah, an, basically an inaugural member. Um, yeah, one of the OGs, actually. Yeah. And then I you know, convinced my sister to do it with me, my mom to do it, all of our cousins, like Marika, Isaac. Yeah. Um, my and boyfriend came one year. Yeah. I was like, yeah, if you're dating me, you're coming to this thing. We're jumping in the in the ocean for climate change, and we've convinced, and we've brought friends yeah. over the years because we've been doing it for so long. And yeah, and basically, I, yeah. And I have some friends from Tacoma Park who who have been longstanding participants, and we we have some new. Um, New participants as well. Friends of, of our kids have started doing it. So it's a really cool team that's been growing over the year. You know, some members have waxed and waned. Some mm-hmm. some people said once is enough. That's, yeah. you know, I did it. I can say I did it. I'll check yeah. that off my list. But, um, it's but Jesse's the leader of our team, and we are the team Grumpy Bears. And the gist is that you fundraise, um, and you're like, I'm jumping into the Potomac if you would like to, um, the freezing cold water, if you would like to support me and donate. It's going to, it's all going to this cause of helping climate change and cause calling action to like, look, this is a very real issue that our world is getting warmer and warmer, and some animals are not going to be able to like they're going to go extinct. Like polar bears will not be able to live in this climate if this continues. Um, and like you said, like we need the four seasons. That's just like how we need that for our earth. And so it's just, it's bringing awareness. It's raising money. And our team has done really well for themselves. Like I, I don't remember all the numbers obviously each year, but I think one year, and it's mostly because Jesse like spearheads this and he's like, I'm let's do it. Grumpy bears. But I, We're one yeah. of the top, top teams yeah. every year, like top 10 usually yes. of, of fundraisers as, as a team. Yes, um, one year we raised four thousand yeah, dollars, yeah. and but we do it every year, so obviously all that adds yeah, up, okay. yeah. and it does make a change. I'm and sorry, you won't be there this year. I know I have to go to college. Boom! Oh, I know to go back to the sunny. I know coast. maybe I'll go polar bear plunge in San Diego, but I don't know how. It might it might it be cold. cold. Yeah, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get my friends yeah, to do it. And maybe should. I'll get some people. You could do it virtually. I mean, You're because right. of COVID, actually the first year, um, the first. It was it was going on a year of COVID. There were no vaccines, and it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, supported to do a big group event. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think the first year after oh, COVID, yeah. it was canceled outright. And then the second year, they they asked people to do it virtually. So mm-hmm. I actually um, chose a place in the woods. I where, remember where, this. I was there for that. Where <laughs> I knew that the water to be relatively clean, and mm-hmm. and it was a stream where where it would be. Maybe maybe deep enough to jump yeah. in, and we all jumped into an icy stream in the middle of the woods. Super fun! That was super fun because it was just our team yeah. that year. Um, but I also remember years where there were so many people, and people. Some people dress up in costumes. Some people go like dunking into the water, and they stay in there for a couple minutes, and it's crazy to watch. And everyone's like cheering, and it's it's a little great energy. And I remember one of the first years I ever did it the um, Potomac was iced over and they had to go in with an ice pick and open, break the ice and open it up for us. And there was literally like floating ice still because they had 
just opened it up for us and then everyone went running in but then that one was like not as much everyone at once because we were like well we only have this small portion of water but (laughs) there have been years where it's like the whole all the water's open and everyone goes running in at the same time and it's always hectic i always lose a shoe or something or you're always like running back to grab your towels from like your friends and family who are holding them for you and but it feels really good honestly i've it's always been well it's invigorating and and i think you're you're right zoe about the um the sort of the energy, the group mm-hmm. energy that that, yeah. that you feel in, in a group event where everyone's doing this kind of crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. for a good cause. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Really quickly, we before we go, we have Sylvie here, um, Denise's beautiful older sister. Hello. And Zoe's mom. <laughs> My mom, yeah. Okay, so I remember this moment where I was... Um, no, we know. already covered it. Just, just okay. show it. Yeah, just okay, show it. so I was talking about my wedding and describing everything, and, and Denise just cut me off and said, that's great, Syl, but who am I going to marry? And I said... I love your, like, you trying to be Denise. This is so funny. And I said, you? Oh, my God. That's obvious. You're going to meet him in grad school. She was getting ready to go to Michigan. And I said, you're going to meet a guy there, and he's going to be, you know, one of those earthy, eco-geeko types. And then when... Um, we met Jesse. He had long hair down to his butt. He was a return okay, Peace Corps volunteer. Butt, maybe not yeah. to his butt. He had long <laughs> hair and a ponytail. Sorry. Yeah. He had long hair and a ponytail, not down to his butt. He was holding a guitar. He, <laughs> he was, was, you know, RPCV. Yes, <laughs> he, was, he was RPCV from Nicaragua. But I did and play guitar. He, well, he brought the guitar to the New Year's party. Oh, was, we met him at the New Year's party in Vermont. He shows up with long hair and a ponytail and a guitar, and he's... You know, returned volunteer from Nicaragua. I'm like, ah, uh, this is the guy I described. So <laughs> I yeah. knew we were and trying to decide. Bones. We were trying to decide <laughs> if you knew. I knew. I had predicted. I, and at your wedding, I talked about my little premonition. Yeah, so we, even more handsome than you expected. More <laughs> handsome in real life. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying to decide if you knew in your sisterly bones, or um, if you put the idea my, into Denise's head. If she just decided yeah. to do what you told her to do. Maybe. Either no, way is funny. Never, how can we know? Really? We'll never know. We, man- we, we manifested it together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I planted the seed and then she ran with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And look at and it now. Now they're happily married yeah. and they have two kids. Um, I, it is a beautiful love story. I've loved this podcast so much. I've loved hearing about your love story. And now I know it because I can't believe before that I didn't know all the details. And I feel like I feel like this is also just something, you know, good to do in your life. If there's like older people in your life that you're like, I've never heard how they got together. Go and ask them because I feel like more times than not, people are happy to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's love is such a beautiful topic and we should talk about it more. And I don't think it should be anything that's like taboo of like, oh, I, I shouldn't share. Like, I, I always want to hear about people's love stories. So thank you for coming on the podcast and being vulnerable and talking about it, guys. I really, really appreciate it. And do you guys have any final thoughts before we go? No, thanks for doing this, though. This is great. This will be a nice thing to have in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I hope your kids can listen to it when they get a little bit older. And yeah, <laughs> and my kids can listen to it one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're at the they're at the age where their kids are embarrassed by just them existing, which is is a hard place to be. But you guys are gonna get through it, you know. Yeah, but like Jess said, we just appreciate your doing this, like for us, but also for the family, mm-hmm. and that um, yeah, our little story gets cataloged along with Syl and Paul's and Rob and Mimi's and mm-hmm. yours one day in yeah. the future. And yeah, so it's awesome. Anyway, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Zoe. I'm Denise. I'm Jesse. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you.